you hear about Danganronpa? No, what's that? Okay, okay, so it's this concept. Um, involves a bunch of kids, and they're killing each other. It's pretty wild, pretty wild stuff. Yo, they uh-huh. kill each other? Yeah. Well, like all at the same up. time. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. It's like really popular though. Oh, is this uh, something that our teens are getting into? It's kind of, it's kind of like the, it's like it's hip with the. It's teens. like the knockout game times a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are your teens into Danganronpa? Yeah, if your child's into Danganronpa, call us now. Uh, as if long you as... find a live bear in your child's backpack, they may be into Danganronpa. If if your child talks a lot about hope and despair. First it was Squid Game. They may just be 13 games. years old. <laughs> Wait, what? Excuse me? Huh? What? I said first it was Squid Games, now it's Bear Games. <laughs> Which is weird because Dan King Rapa came out before Squid Game. <laughs> yeah, and everybody in Dan Rapa was clothed. That uh, was clothed. Uh, clothed. Oh my god. Oh my god. Let me just fumble with another word while I'm at it. Yeah. As we fumbled, well, not everybody. Some some of them were scantily closed. Yeah, oh, that's fair. As we fumble into ultimate anyway. despair, reprise a Danganronpa recap podcast, going through the entire Danganronpa series, one murder at a time. I remain your ultimate host, Kyrie. I'm the ultimate fangirl, Jennifer. I'm I'm Jackie, and I'm Pulahoko. I'm just a. Uh, uh, the one who doesn't know why they're here. Well, I forgot. We uh, we 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 kidnapped them. We just kind of threw. Them yeah, we kind of dragged them over. Yeah, we are we are recording from an unnamed warehouse. Uh, in in just right outside the Meadowlands, Xanadu. Mm-hmm. This was, it, it this is, is not at three one two Wharf Avenue, or sorry six one two. I don't know addresses. They're not real. I know all addresses. <laughs> oh yeah, I know most of them. <laughs> Name. <laughs> Yeah, name, name name your top five favorite top addresses. Top five favorite addresses. One Main Street, <laughs> two Main Street, three Main Street, four Main Street. Uh, we got a purist here. Yeah. My favorite street is Broadway because we are talking about Danganronpa the stage. Yes. Part of the reason we pulled Pula, Pula into this was because at one point on Twitter... You just dropped a hot link of like of Danganronpa to the stage, just translated out of the blue. This just showed up on my timeline. I was like, "Oh dear, I need to I need to download this." Hmm. So a little bit of context for this, um, as a lot of people probably well, I don't want to say a lot, but as people know, I do like my Danganronpa. Um, and I got into Danganronpa by kind of falling ass backwards into it for a visual novel book club, which was a no. podcast run by Slow Beef. No yeah. kidding. Jennifer also runs a visual novel <laughs> book podcast, and yeah. it was a Danganronpa episode that went horribly. <laughs> yeah. But um, my first exposure to Danganronpa was Danganronpa V3. Um, really? Yes. And that's what we did for visual novel book club. And then I kind of worked backwards into the series from that because I was kind of tangentially aware of it, uh, but I had not really taken a closer look at it. And when I did, I actually really liked it. Mm-hmm. Like I liked uh, the visual presentation of V3 was uh, amazing. The mini games uh, were pretty fun. The mysteries, the characters, like... I just liked the presentation of it. So I went backwards and I uh, played Danganronpa 2. And Danganronpa 2 is probably one of my favorite games. Yeah, same. Like, uh, I actually, when I initially started playing Danganronpa, I played through one and half of two in college. Kind of fell off, but... uh, when I went to cover V3 for my official novel book club podcast, uh, I went back and played the first three games and was like, oh, damn, this is this is really good. And yeah. two is easily my favorite. And then I think that's how I also got roped in. It was like you talked about it and I still had a Vita that worked at the time. So I downloaded the first two games, played those and 
V3. And Jackie, we just roped her in. Yeah, I, I was like an innocent bystander. They kind of they kind of did to me what I did to you. They kind of just threw me in the trunk and were like, okay, you're, you're doing Danganronpa fandom now. And I'm like, okay. They, they ex- I, if you've been exposed to Danganronpa, you may be entitled to a class action settlement. <laughs> it's it has it has just irradiated me fully. I'm I'm so fucked up on that Danganronpa. That one fucking shade of pink is pretty much ruined for me now. I see that shade of pink and I'm like, oh, it's Danganronpa, and it's like, <laughs> which is funny because I also <laughs> like Splatoon Big Run, and uh, they did yeah. that big run announcement trailer with like that fucking shade of pink for like the bear character man they murdered <laughs> the fuck out of that guy yeah oh my wolf. god wolf well not wolf more like growl because it's the bear yeah <laughs> so i started getting into danganronpa paraphernalia mm-hmm. um i started uh playing the spin-off games i uh played ultra despair girls which i is kind of a mixed bag um on the pc it's pretty easy you can tell it's meant to be like a portable game mm-hmm. um the story is kind of up and down but i really like what they did with toko um and kamara's a, a nice character i actually purchased uh dangarampa s i believe f- either two or three times because i wanted to play it uh early as early as i could and then i wanted to play the english version uh which i did and I enjoyed it. It's it's a it's not oh how to put it. It's worth twenty bucks. That's which is is that the one that's like it's based off of Salmon Run from V three or something like that. Or not Salmon uh, Run. Um, whatever. <laughs> Fuck. I it was Splatoon. I mean, Danganronpa is basically Splatoon. Mm-hmm. You think? Yeah. <laughs> More or less uh, the same game. They're kids. They're squids. Squid game. Yeah. They're kids they, again. Uh, it is based off of the mini game, which is unlocked in Danganronpa V3, mm-hmm. which is Love Across the Universe or some nonsense. Something like that. Uh, Sam, I think they might actually call it Salmon something. There's a Salmon involved. There is a Salmon involved. Like a, yeah. It's like a slice of it's like a slice of life mode, right? Yeah. Something. So it's it's basically the board game extrapolated so that all the characters are there. They have their own kind of cutscenes. Some of them are shared amongst the pool. Uh, there is a gotcha component, which uh, I was kind of pooping bricks when they were doing teases for that. And I was saying, please do not let this be a gotcha game because it models itself after a gotcha game, like completely. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it yeah, not... give us mono coins so you can see Junko Inoshima parenthetical swimsuit edition. Five so stars. I do feel like a Danganronpa gotcha game would be just so in line with like this series themes it would be insanely funny uh, it absolutely would be completely in line with that but it's it's not actually a gotcha game there there are oh. microtransactions which if there's a character that you really want you can you know pay to start with them but it is optional they hit you with that six star junko and she's in the most boring outfit you've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> yeah th- that would make sense they it's spent just 500 dollars on this <laughs> 500 but no it's a it's uh it's good you should try it um yeah and then it's like there is so much like spinoff material and part of it of course like i said is the stage play which right and this is not only dangarampa 2 they have stage plays for dangarampa 1 2 uh the end of hope's peak dangarampa 3 uh, and I believe that is it, but this is actually Danganronpa 2, what we're talking about, uh, Danganronpa 2, the stage 2017, right. which is the second production after the 2015 play, I believe. Yes. Uh, which is much higher in quality. The 2017 one, the one that we watched? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, have, do you have any experience with the 2015 play? I do not, because like... I, I've I've just only been like this is the first time I've actually sat down and watched like and like I think they call them two point five D stage plays or something in Japan or something like that where really yeah where it's like there's a small cottage industry of like um play playwright not playwright like play companies making plays based on Danganronpa there's a Persona one that just started like a Persona right, five yeah. um. 
Tarazuka Review has done like for years adaptations of stuff like Jed you watched one based on Casino Royale like recently yeah they live streamed for the first time a Takarazuka Review show based off Casino Royale and it was a lot of fun there's like a big dance mm-hmm. number involving cards or something yeah right so at some point I started buying DVDs of the Dangarama stage plays and um, imagine me with this conundrum I have these stage plays that I can follow along because I um, played the games and I know what happens. Uh, And with Danganronpa 2, the stage in particular, this is one that follows along with the events of the the game pretty closely. Mm -hmm. But there are still some things that are different. And if you go back further to the Danganronpa 1 stage play, they take a lot of liberties with that one. Like, they compress it really hard um one of the changes that they make is they cut out one case entirely um i believe it is the sakura ogami case where um well actually no it's not that case uh they cut out the celestia and hifumi case oh yeah the um project not project justice i'm sorry i have project justice the fighting game on my mind at all times it's just kind of the background radiation of my life um Mm-hmm. The Robo Justice case, um, right? Mm-hmm. So, they what they do in that is, and forgive me, I'm going to gush about these plays because I love these things. Mm-hmm. Um, in the game, it is a um, series of like hammers, and Celestia is found guilty, and Hufumi is like an accomplice, and Hufumi dies, is the victim. But in the stage play, they use the Sakura Ogami case, where in she drinks the poison. Uh, protein powder um and celestia being the gambler that she is decides to attack uh sakura with a bat to try to kill her first and hifumi is not involved in the case at all because they make this one change to the voting rolls which anyone who votes incorrectly um even in a successful trial is also executed oh that's i mean that's just like probably useful for your you know it's a useful narrative tool because like the at, i mean at the beginning of this play certainly because you have 16 like characters it's like okay we gotta like thin the herd a little bit and we have like we have yeah. a three hour show time you know well i don't think that the first stage play was even three hours i think it was uh less than that Real. Um, huh. damn but the you know hifumi dies because he voted incorrectly because it was a gamble like it was either Sakura who drank the powder or Celestia who killed Sakura with the bat, and he's just like a coin flip. Like it's not a good change. And then the biggest change that they make was at the very end, which uh, Joko is not executed at the end. She uh, just lives, and Makoto's like, "Your punishment is to live in despair." Huh. I wonder if that's like to do with trying to work later stuff in but i mean that's just also the nature of yeah plays like it's not i don't know you gotta yeah. take some liberties when adapting you gotta take some liberties but they took big liberties with that first one you can find the first one on youtube and i believe you can find 2015 on youtube uh, uh but i do not believe you can find 2017 mm-hmm. and i think you can even find dangarampa 3 now the quality of those uh subtitles is under question because i believe it's just google translate uh Oof. these oh that rocks we love machine tl we love it. oh yeah we love it here. i love robots Duang, i love baby. robots and ai what i you... want them to be part of my life and in every day i want my ice maker to tell me my horoscope it's so good i love to, f- to see what a beautiful duang is ahead of us <laughs> i love babysitting ai spit up as a writer it's so fulfilling it's so good it rocks it's just yeah I, I fucking love when the computer is doing all the art shittily as shittily as possible and everybody's like oh it's alive it's like it's, I all, love it's like dead it's really anime alive. women with 15 fingers <laughs> do what? i have the podcast for you my friend <laughs> is it called dead-eyed anime women with 15 fingers the podcast Kiri, we need to change our name ASAP. <laughs> we kind of do. <laughs> we kind of do. Uh, uh, but no, this... Uh, but uh, where was I? This, uh, um, the translation on this one is actually quite good. Uh, it was um, 
by uh, Batsugemu. Um, Batsugemu. Batsugemu. Yes. Yeah, she. Her translation for this this play was like really was really something. Um, mm-hmm. Being able to not just like follow along, but there's a lot of like, I I, I really appreciate it when. Um, you know, translators do, you know, put in the work to, like, put in fun inflections and things like that into, like, the dialogue itself. So it was, like, this is just, like, well translated and the supplemental material. But, yeah. Shout- yes, well, I mean, that's... This is something... There were a couple things, Dangarapa related, that I wanted to be just out there on the internet that are just mine. They're my mark on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this, which, you know, it, it doesn't exist. And it's still a work in progress, but it's uh, it's out there. People can, you know, circulate the tapes. Uh, the supplemental materials are actually pretty interesting. Um, there's one where it's the uh, actors for uh, Hyoko, Pako, Mahiru, and Tagami are backstage buying merchandise from the play. Um, <laughs> and that was cute. And there's, uh, they haven't gotten to this yet, um, but they have, like, some immediate after, like, uh, after the show backstage stuff and um the actress who was playing mikan was getting emotional because she uh was just coming down from the stage play and it was just like crying and everyone like sonya was like hugging her it was cute yeah i did like um in one of the extra bit of materials when uh the actor for gundam um did the lottery because like there was a lottery at the end of like oh win a poster signed by the actors and what it is is that they did they pulled the lottery ticket before the show but gundam's actor and a bunch of the actors wrote down the seat numbers like on pieces of paper and put it in various actors like like suits and stuff like it was like it's it's a bit but they're playing it like it's not a bit yeah it's but it is it's a pretty good it's pretty good yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you mentioned that they the other thing uh, sorry the other thing that i do oh oh, you you go go first the other thing i have is uh i'm just going to do a quick plug danganronpa werewolf or dangan werewolf on tabletop simulator uh that is my werewolf like that is made using uh danganronpa items and characters which is very fun we still play that today five years later um look it up if you're interested I did watch a little bit of a gameplay trailer and it seemed like a really interesting take on like werewolf as a game, which I, I I find werewolf like as a game more conceptually interesting than like actually playing it because I'm not very good. Yeah. I'm not very good at social deduction games. Um, Like I, I remember at one point playing among us and I just got ejected out of the ship like three times when I was innocent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I will say that the little community that I have, um, we play it a bit differently than I think other people play other social deduction games. If anyone's interested in looking into it, I'd be happy to show you. I'll put I'll put some links in the show notes. Um, but Jen, you had something you want to say? Um, I was just gonna mention that uh, we mentioned the changes that happened in the Danganronpa one stage play. One change mm-hmm. I really liked in the Danganronpa two stage play, as much as I love Danganronpa two, that fourth case within Strawberry House and all of that. Uh, it's kind of a mess. So them just being like, okay, we're going to just speed through this and uh, we're going to have folks find the evidence in an earlier case and we're going to have the two characters who get killed off just die fighting Monokuma. I felt like that was a really good change. Yeah, I mean, I really like this stage play and I could talk forever about it because it, one, it it sticks very closely to the games and two... The changes that it makes from the games are things that weren't very good in the games anyway. Mm-hmm. Like Strawberry House, Grape House was a case that drug on and on and on. It's the yeah, no it's good, very good, good, bad case. Yeah. Like, so as... having both Gundam and uh, Nakumaru, um, who were like the killer and victim in that case, go down fighting Monokuma robots is actually pretty cool. Plus it also feels like, you know, truer to their character. Mm-hmm. It is. Like, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'll yeah. kill. You know, we'll do a fight to the death so everybody gets out. It's kind. Of, that just felt kind of contrived. Mm-hmm. 
in the you're talking about like in uh Danganronpa oh yeah in the, yeah. in the original game in the original game yeah yeah in this in this uh scenario it was like it was one thing that was pretty neat was that after the intermission we find out that like monokuma has gifted um all the characters stuff um, and one of which is Fuyuhiko carrying around Peko's sword. And so you do get that pretty great, like, st- a stage fight where it is Nekamaru, Gundam, Fuyuhiko, um, and Akane fighting off a bunch of, like, you know, Monokumas. And it was really interesting to see, like, multiple times during this play of, like, like, Jackie, I'm sure you remember, like, one of our principal complaints of Danganronpa 2 was that, like, they didn't do a very good job at seeding later reveals. And I think this play does a better job at it, but I don't know. What do you think? It is significantly better at seeding those reveals, just straight up across the board. Um, Like, hands down, the... It, it, so, I mean... It wasn't the highest bar to clear. Wasn't but, yeah. I mean, it was like it did a it did a real a real high. It really like tried to go for the highest jump over that bar, and I I can applaud it for that. Yeah, um, I I was like okay when we were watching it, like like when Jen and I were watching it this morning, it was interesting to see like oh okay here's where they introduce this one bit so they don't have to like bring it up late or not that they don't have to bring it up later but that they can seed like the narrative beat later yeah, so it flows a little more naturally mm-hmm. um, like I'm, i imagine a lot of those hiccups were for like gameplay reasons like they didn't like you write like you know 40 hours of text at some point you're gonna you know hit a hit, like hit a snag and be like oh we gotta Got it. We can't go back. We can't fix this. So we gotta. Yeah, we we've already with what what we have going forward. We're past our deadline. Yeah, we've already finished chapter two. But like, oh, Kodaka came up with this idea that was like, oh, this would have been really cool. But we just finished chapter two, and we can't put it in there. So we're gonna put it somewhere else. That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the dev history of Danganronpa is probably really interesting. I would love Um, to, but I mean, the dev history. Yeah. No, please. The dev history of anything is pretty is interesting, you know. A lot goes on behind the scenes, and every studio. Oh yeah, those those things are always interesting. Um, I don't know. Were there any performances on the in, during this stage play that you particularly liked? Um, that came to mind. Oh jeez. Um, Jen. Well, Jen is like <laughs> searching her notes frantically. Um, I so. Uh, um, I really enjoyed Nekomaru Nidai's energy in the play. Like, he... They downplay the <laughs> shit gag, and he's just a very enthusiastic trainer slash fighter. And uh, it was fun to see them, like, replace the fisticuffs somewhat with just his constant rally races. <laughs> yeah. Um, the shit man is... Uh, less less focused on that certainly um i thought you were gonna say something about uh nagito (laughs) nagito's great too (laughs) like he really the actor really plays up uh the flamboyant nature of that character especially like during the first case where he's circling around and grabbing hajime's shoulders and all that like he's having a ball like he does this fucking move where like he is like when when um fucking Nagito does the Soriba Chigalio like bit, it just like brushes his hand across Hajime's chest. It's like they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, they they actually they do do a lot of stuff uh, regarding uh, Nagito and Hajime's uh, relationship, quote unquote question mark. Yeah, the uh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. The stage play definitely, uh, but I mean. It definitely does. It definitely emphasizes that aspect, um, but it, and, it, and it benefits a lot from the inc- the like the increased physicality of you know actually having physical actors on a stage. Yeah, uh, all of them this. are just amazing. Like I, w- when I think about this play, I think about some of these people that they have to be on stage for like an hour and a half, uh, then intermission, 
and then another hour and a half remembering all those lines, remembering all the choreographed moves, because it is a very choreographed play. Mm-hmm. Um, like you were talking before, either before we started or when we first started about how there's like no musicals, but like there kind of is like uh, well, my favorite performance is the backup dancers, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, the people who are kind of like they're meant to be. Uh, how do I put this? When they're doing things really properly, it's almost like you don't see them and they just become part of the stage. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're yeah. they're akin. Like, I mean, they're doing a couple of things. They are the dancing monokumas are there to be all, like do stagehand stuff, like when they need to manipulate the set. Yeah, um, like they manipulate the set. Kind of they also they also come together to like form items and stuff like they form a helicopter yeah. they form like a closing door they just do things that are neat yeah they they do a lot of like i mean yeah they uh, they embellish you know what's going on in front of them really well <laughs> you know it's it's, mm-hmm. it's it is very solid you know i i i do love to give danganronpa grief but like it is it is a series that you know this kind of energy and, and that that like kind of extravagance to it uh really does it really does benefit from that it is it is kind of at its best when uh when everybody involved is like flexing those muscles mm-hmm. yeah my i think fa- so to speak go ahead i think my favorite execution change up is the first one um where they're taking care of teru teru and instead of like dumping him in a volcano to um with all the stuffing on him they more or less have a monokuma pretending to be his mother and just she just chops him up with a um cooking knife that she's continuously swinging up and down yeah it's like, the fate he deserves uh-huh. <laughs> little pervert they man do, they do uh haul him out of there on a helicopter though yeah that is true i that was a, like a pretty cute bit where the stage hand has just like a black and white pole that they're spinning overhead to to simulate a helicopter um uh-huh what was your favorite performance Kyrie? okay well i mean i am the like i really liked gundam obviously um i just thought like he was putting on like there's a lot to that character that I enjoy that I have to like kind of fill in personally, but like I felt like the actor who played him did a very good job at like really like playing up like this heel role that he is like assigned to himself, like the bit in like near the end of the second act where Hajime is like kind of down on himself and then he turns up the heat against Hajime to, like, starts accusing him of murder to get him to, like, stand back up and fight for himself. It's like, that's really good. Um, who else did I like? I really liked, I actually really liked the Hajime actor as well, which, you know, you yeah, would hope so. Yeah. He's the main, he's the main guy, but, like, I think he... It, I, go ahead. Sorry, that was my dog. Um, oh. But, I mean... Like, Hajime himself is kind of, I mean, I, you know, I hate to, I've forgotten his name on this podcast. So many um, times. Way too many times. Way too many times for somebody who has, like, spent, like, 50 hours with him. Like, he's, so he's, he's probably, he's a hard character, I think, to really, like, sell and make, you know, kind of the, the focal piece. Um, and they do it. The guy playing him, well, the person playing him does a really good job. Yeah, like, I really like this aspect of, by condensing everything down to a three-hour play, one, like, he has these moments where he addresses the audience when he gets a clue, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, that, like, you have these moments of, like, he's down on himself, he doesn't know what's going on, but then he has these, like, moments of supreme competence, and it, like, really gives the character a lot of, like, flavor in panache and it's like the actor did a really good job at drawing out like the like the things that are likable about hajime as a protagonist and i it's interesting how in this play like i said it's hyper condensed so everybody is playing up their bits but the bits they choose to play up are for the most part like 
really good at capturing like what is the core appeal of this character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I you know, I said at the very start that I had like complaints that about how it like didn't use its medium to the fullest. But like now that I think of it, but like the more I'm thinking about it, the more it's like, no, those complaints were bullshit. It no, it really yeah. like theater may be how Dan Rapa was meant to be experienced. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Like I I like I go ahead. I think I'm sorry. I, I like I. I don't really have a ton to add. I, it's. I'm kind of like. I'm kind of still chewing on it. Um, but I think like I. I think like kind of the through line of most of my complaints about Danganronpa as we've been going through a couple podcasts when I do the big grouchy like ugh. Um, it's it's Danganronpa like as a game likes to like it it. It doesn't. It doesn't get to the point. It's not concise. Mm-hmm. At like all too often, it drags on a bit. Put conver- like condensing that down to a to a stage play where everybody is where like by necessity everybody is physically sitting in those seats watching what's going on up on stage, so you can't fuck around and waste their time, or they will walk out. Um, it really just it's the stage play is snappy. It's it is well. It you know. Everybody acting has a lot of energy. They exaggerate the bits, which works really well because Danganronpa is always at its best when it is a larger-than-life performance. You know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's just, it's a really good match. <laughs> yeah. I will say, um, no one in the audience has to play Hangman's Gambit. Nobody <laughs> in the audience has to, has to fumble around in the in the class trials knowing what you have to do, but not you know, being able to communicate to the game that you want to do that. There's, there's like, nobody has to do the cyber it's, skateboard it's shit. A, yeah. <laughs> it's the core difference between a game and a stage play. And the game has to be a game by necessity. Um, yeah. And there's just a lot of fat in the games that could be trimmed out if they weren't games. And that's what this stage play in particular does. Then also you can have the actors have moments that like they can embellish or like by their physicality. Yeah like add something to the character like and yeah they're not static sprites Mm -hmm. which also again you know dang around for the stage play maybe how it was meant to be experienced all along there is a thing that is there's a problem that's endemic to every dangarampa game and it's that at the end people tend to come away with certain takes about characters or they might not like certain characters that they probably might like or might feel different about if they went back and did all the extra content with the free time events, Mm -hmm. which on a first playthrough of the game, some of these characters are very much 2D stereotype, not fleshed out at all. Which, if you go back and do their free time, then you say, oh, well, that's what that character is about. But that is an optional thing. Mm -hmm. It's like if a storyteller told a story and then you're like, okay, that was pretty good, I'll go. And then they stay there for like another hour to give you some supplemental material that you're just not interested in. Yeah, like, and and if, and the, like with a lot of these characters, if they don't sell you on them immediately, you know, and they don't sell you on them immediately, so you don't, so you don't check out this, their, their compelling side story stuff. And again, working with a linear narrative, you, you, you see those things in there. So all of a sudden you have Nekomaru who isn't just the shit guy and he's actually, you know, you know, running around, he's, you know, this, he's actually a character. He's high energy. He's has higher, high energy as he should be. And because he is a physical presence on the stage, you mm-hmm. know, that higher, that high energy comes through and they do the bits that make him compelling. And even even the shit stuff that they do leave in, like it's whatever because it's it's it comes it's, with the rest of him. Yeah, and it's also they give just you a, the, they give you the whole guy. Give you the whole guy. <laughs> you get the whole guy. And he just you t- get the whole guy. <laughs> I think we found the title. <laughs> the Here guy. at Danganronpa Stage Play, you get we get a you. whole guy for the price of a whole guy. <laughs> of, like. A bunch of fucking little guys for the price of a whole guy. <laughs> we'll give you a whole guy in three hours or less, guaranteed. Guaranteed, a whole guy. Guaranteed. Um, <laughs> a whole guy. 
But it's like I I think about how like even like you said with like there's certain offhand jokes, but by the nature of it being a stage play and how they have to just kind of make a joke or do a thing and then move on. It's like it's less pronounced. It's not like fucking, you know, like, yeah, they keep in the bit where McCann falls over and she's like spread eagle or whatever. It's like, okay. But in the games, they have this protracted bit, but in the stage play, it happens, and then they move on. And it's like... Yeah, the games are yeah, really I know what you mean. pussy, and the stage play was not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I did, I will say, I did, um, like, I really like, McCann's performance was pretty good, like, her breakdown uh, scene was, like, fairly well performed. I thought, like, that worked really well. Yeah, I mean, disparate disease itself is still is still a bullshit plot point, but um. Oh, it's dumb as yeah, she, yeah, but uh, they, but she they, did good with it. Yeah, and they even like as bullshit as disparate disease is. Like you have Chiaki, like in the play, just go. Oh, the entire point of it is to create uncertainty. You know, it's like how in these types of shows, like the characters are just going to very plainly state the themes of what's going on. Yeah, and it's like okay, that's refreshing. It's like the the play acknowledges that the point is to sow, you know, distrust. Mm-hmm. And even if even if the play had not acknowledged that point, even if it had been done like just a very condensed version of what what we at what we got in the game, they would have to move the fuck on from it like way quicker. Yeah. This is actually Which, again, a good place to mention the second big change that this game makes. Not game, but play, stage play. And um, I feel kind of more neutral on this change, but um, the big reveal that uh, all the students in the simulation are actually ultimate despairs is something that happens at the end of the game, and this is something that is revealed at the end of Mikan's trial. Yes, I actually like that change a lot. Um, I think that's a solid change. I... It, I mean, you, they, you they take, still don't know that they're in a simulation, but they know that the, the memories that they've lost are memories of being ultimate despair. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. I, I ultimately I felt that again. <laughs> it just like it addressed one of my one of the bigger criticisms of Dangarampa two, of like how in the eleventh hour they introduce all these elements, and by the nature of this being an adaptation, they can take those later elements and seed them. Pre, like earlier into the show and it's like oh yeah yeah, yeah it's and i find as, that more effective go ahead and like as a benefit of coming like significantly later than the uh the work on which it's based you kind of get the benefit of the of all the criticism you received for you know your narrative you know screw-ups uh like again like pacing getting you know what like i'm i am reasonably sure it was like they didn't just crunch down on the Nekomaru ship bits because of uh, you know because they could they didn't have enough time to fit them all in. I'm reasonably sure people on message boards were like, I I don't really like this guy shitting all the time. Nekomaru does have a Nekomaru has a shit bit. Not a he does, bit. but it's not <laughs> as extended. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not. He doesn't spend like 45 minutes of the play talking about turds. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like one of the big characters that, uh, well, one of the characters that gets a massive does, improvement. I lost track. <laughs> one of the characters that gets a massive improvement uh, on the stage versus in the video game is Mahiru. Um, like when you yeah. it, when you encounter her in the games, her thing is mostly just like being the photographer, kind of making comments about how oh Hajime should have his shit together because he's the man and just talking about all that sort of stuff but um when, right when you encounter her in the games her thing is like hey i exist too and then she yeah vanishes. she's just kind of a she's just kind of a nothing character in the game she's we like, need she's one there, more person she's there by trip. extension she's like an extension of hyoko like she's defined by her relationship to hyoko i think mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah 100 percent. she's a fully flat character but... Mm-hmm. And some of that remains true within the stage play, but they also like the human element of just having someone act it out, and the fact that she immediately starts um, talking with Hyoko, and the two of them just kind of bond together like that. It, it feels a lot right. more natural than the way that 
they try and retroactively make you care about Mahiru in case two, just by having Kyoko go, Ah, oh, but I need her to tie my sash. How am I going to do this without her? Uh-huh. Yeah, then you have Kyoko's actor who just, like, really sells how much she misses her. But go ahead, Jackie. Yeah, and again, like, you know, as we kind of, like, keep drawing things back to physicality, like, in in the uh, in the game, you know, her sprite's not on the screen. She basically does not exist. <laughs> uh, you can't really do that in a stage play unless you want to, like, run your actors out of breath running back and yeah. forth on and off stage. <laughs> yeah. The funniest visual novel adaptation in which between lines, like, the actors are sprinting off stage. They have to sprint out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> you deliver that shit and then you're out of here. Bye. Yeah. I, it is great how even after the characters die, they continue to involve them one way or another. Like, the way that... They take the finale of explaining the situation of Junko uploading herself to all the characters by, like, having all the dead characters come back and more or less act like Junko. Th- that's such a brilliant twist. Yeah, and it it's, like, it's efficient storytelling, because at that point you only need, like, the 16 principal actors, which is a lot of actors for, like, 16 main characters, basically, but also, like validates like junko's threat to a certain degree and then also the actors get to act like junko inoshima and you can tell they're having yeah. a big they're having a big time with that i mean the the whole finale is something that i think that the stage play does so much better than the game like oh, infinitely better the the like, finale is like if if the game had production value night and fucking day um I mean, it is not the highest bar in the world to clear. But I, they cleared it so well. But oh my god, did they clear it well. Like, like yeah. actually a good finale. Um, yeah. In every, in ju- well, in just about every, in just about every respect. I, I don't even have any nitpicks, honestly. <laughs> so let me just kind of go over some of the things that are happening for those who, I mean, I assume that after you hear this, you're going to go watch the stage play because that's kind of why I did this. I put it out there so you can watch it. Again, um, links will be in the description. <laughs> but um, in the game, it's a giant Junko avatar, which kind of looms over everybody. Uh, they do the same kind of effect here with like a, a big LCD screen and also projecting her image on the stage itself. Um, mm-hmm. But what I really like is they bring out the principal actors again to kind of trick the main characters into thinking that they'll all come back to life and they're they're acting like each other. Um, but then once that illusion breaks, they kind of they kind of mix with the uh, the backup dancers, like they become part of the stage in the in the same way that the backup dancers do. Oh yeah, like during that finale, there is like a. I really love the use of, like, the choreography to represent, like, chaos in terms of, like, during the trial scenes, like, there are moments in which, like, um, I think in the second trial, when Hyoko is being accused of murdering Mahiru, you have most of the actors on this inner circle of the, um trial stands right encircling her and then you have the characters walking in a different direction that are like trying to say no let's listen to her we believe her story right and it's Mm -hmm. like it adds to this like chaotic swirl of like visuals to add to like i said how chaotic the conversation would be and you have that moment in the finale where you have the dead characters intermixing with the backup dancers Again, trying to, like, confuse and confound and overwhelm the remaining cast. Mm-hmm. I, I also want to say the stage design on this is very clever because I'm a fan of whoever built that the, the trial circle because it's so genius. Like, it comes in and out of the stage. It's got a little slot. Um, it's built on a tilt so that... Um, if when the lower tilt is facing the audience, you can see everybody in the trial circle and it's on wheels. It like spins around. You can, the, the, the little podiums, like Mm -hmm. they come out, they get a lot of work out of that trial prop. Oh yeah. To, to, to represent the kind of like the circling aspect that was in the games. They do that really well. 
Oh yeah, because like in the game, like they would spin the camera around a lot to represent a chaotic conversation. And they represent that here like mm-hmm. really effectively. The trials in this stage play are very dynamic. I really want to. Gosh, I'm gonna have to check out like look at. I want to see how they adapt like Danganronpa One as well. Um, um, it's night and day, pretty much. Really, um, huh. Danganronpa One is a middling, mediocre stage play, in my opinion. Um, Danganronpa 2017 is the cream of the crop. Like it does so much well on its own. If you don't know anything about Danganronpa. You you can enjoy this. Like, it is so full of just polish and presentation. It starts with a musical number. Um, it's got dancing. It's got love. It's got hate. <laughs> it is colorful. It's just, I could go on and on. Yeah. Go ahead. I did appreciate them using the entirety of the room, too. Like, the bit where Koma Ida just runs into the audience as he's uh, doing his bomb threat. It's, oh, uh, that is just amazing, yes! Yeah. There's this scene where, um, when Koma Ida is going off the rails and setting bombs up on the island, um, he runs into the audience, just, like, ranting and raving at the characters on the stage. Which, just uh, imagine that. Imagine you're in the audience and you see Nagito Kamaida coming at you just, oh, like, no. brandishing a gun in the air. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> just screaming. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I had memories of, like, I've only seen, like, a couple of stage plays, like, in my... I mean, I, I, I did, like, theater in high school, but I went to see a few shows. I remember seeing The Lion King, uh, that musical, and just, like, how fun it is when the actors like go into the audience it like that shattering of the fourth wall is like really fun and they also use it really well in like the third trial where like to represent the characters going from point a to point b they have all the cast running into the audience having yeah talking to each other then running back onto stage and then coming back off it's great Mm -hmm. yeah just a lot of really creative things that they did with this play to me. That's why I say that I think it does make the most of the medium. I oh, mean, they I, do it, interesting yeah, things with, with lights. They do interesting things with sound and, and music. There's the whole scene with Chiaki and Hajime. There's the scene in the boat. They, you know, with um, Izuru uh, Kamakura. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just like a person uh, standing in the dark with like uh, red LEDs over, over his eyes. Yeah, that that part was pretty cool on how they represented the long flowing black hair by just having a little animation going on in the screen of above. Yeah, like it really does make the most of, of a limited setup. I really love the bit where um like when Hajime is like he is revealed as Azura Kamakura and he is like having his own breakdown, like he like flings himself backwards and the screen behind him makes the hair make it look like a cracking of glass. Like it's mm-hmm. it's really something. Not like over overall, like I felt this play was like just really entertaining to watch. And like I, I would wonder how much you would get out of it if you hadn't seen, like, or had it played Danganronpa two. Because I think if my my one critique is that sometimes, like, in its compression, like, there are some details that only really make sense if you can connect it to the idea present in the game. But that's the nature of these play adaptations mm-hmm. of. Popular yeah, I mean, properties. obviously, yeah. if you know the thing, then you're gonna... It's like the Mario movie, you know? If Which you one? Like the good Mario, one? The good one? <laughs> uh, well, kind of both of them, actually. <laughs> I haven't seen but, the, I haven't seen the new one. I just like the 1993 one a lot. <laughs> Bob Hoskins didn't. Oh, ah, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, the late, great Bob Hoskins, rest in peace. Um, that, but, he was a whole guy. He was. He was. <laughs> he was a guy and a half. <laughs> um, if you know more about Danganronpa, you're going to enjoy the things that they do. Sure. But I feel like the stage play itself stands up very well on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I also appreciate that uh, they kind of just scooted the Danganronpa one cast out of there because uh, 
I, yeah, that's that's the other change. Um, in the game, the Danganronpa One cast kind of reappears and is oh, it's those guys, and um, it it just doesn't happen here. Like there, there's kind of no reason for it actually in the game. Yeah, like because the characters in two don't have any emotional attachment to the cast in one, so having the fake out happen through their yeah. dead classmates works so much better than um Naegi appearing and being like, hey, what's up? Why don't you hit this button? And then the real Naegi appears. Yeah. Like that was such a waste of time in the game. It was just like this dumb plot point that didn't really go anywhere. It's like it's one thing like I think they do well by the imposter story in this play. Um but, like, it, it's, like, you can kind of, like, make the connection, like, oh, Byakuya is, like, uh, he's, like, he's a big conglomerate, right? Like, people would know him. But it doesn't really matter, even on that front. They just, like, really oh, like him. you know him. what? Mm. I, have, I have a thought that the reason that that kind of stuff happens in the game is because at the beginning, you're presented with Togami, who is ostensibly supposed to be Togami after some time passed from the first game. Mm-hmm. And then you're spending the rest of the game trying to figure out what the connection is between the first game and the second game. Yeah. That's why that is. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. And I guess, yeah. And I guess they just don't follow that thread in the play because there's not really much point to it. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said. It's kind of a trick that only works once. Mm -hmm. Well, they also reveal that he was the imposter, like, really soon. Oh, yeah. Like, sooner in the play. Yeah, like, almost, yeah. like, immediately after his death. Yeah, almost, yeah, I think it is in, almost immediately after his death. Yeah, Komeida or someone else picks up his student ID and is like, oh, it says here Ultimate Imposter, huh? Weird. So so that wasn't even the real Tagami, oh well. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Just a real jerk about it. Yeah. Oh no, Jackie, what, yeah, what are you gonna do? What are you, what are you gonna do? What do you think about the play overall? I'm I'm pretty warm on it. I I love to give Danganronpa grief, as I always like, kind of, as I kind of emphatically repeat. Um, Inez is no longer on this podcast, so I have to also be a grouch. Uh, <laughs> um, but I I I don't have any like I I really don't have any. Oh oh my god, I dropped my phone. I don't have any complaints. Uh, it's it was it was good. It was time well spent. I'm glad I watched it. Um. I, I hope they continue to do more plays. I hope if they, like, make another... Probably not Danganronpa. I don't know what uh, the the Danganronpa team are working on now, but if they make a play adaptation of that, I'll probably... And it gets leaked online, uh, or, well, released online, I will, uh, I will I'll probably watch that. Well, I know there there is, like, there is a video of the, of the Danganronpa 3 Future Side play... Uh, that has not been translated yet, I don't think. Uh, it actually has. It has? Excellent. Yes. Man, because, like, I mean, when we were watching Danganronpa 3, the anime, there were multiple times in which I thought, oh, yeah, this scene that is happening would totally happen in the play version of this thing. Yeah, and I, I could just I could just hook you up with that file. God, if you, yeah, just send me that, just send me that file. <laughs> I, I'm I'm the person that you go to for this stuff. I'm the shady dealer with all the Danganronpa underneath my uh, coat, standing on the corner of Men Street. And where can people find what shady corner of the internet can people find you, Pola, to like find Danganronpa three, like play translations and other stuff <laughs> that you do? Um, you can find me on a degraded burning bird app at Polo Hoko. Um. Or you can find me on YouTube channel, Polahoko. Um, and that's about it. Right. And I'll make sure those, like I said, those links will be in the show notes. Put them in the doobly-doo. Put them in the doobly-doo. I'm trying to avoid saying doobly-doo. <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> Wait, just is have that to... like a bad word Sounds now? like a lot no, 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 no. Is that cringe now? <laughs> no, I just don't like hate oh, green. Oh, God. <laughs> I just don't like oh, hate no. green. That's all. It's it's oh my god, it's Hank Green. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I knew that I knew that word came from somewhere. I didn't know it was Hank. Well, Hank Green's he's well, he allowed did, to be a little cringe. He's it's allowed fine. to be like the OG. He's the OG cringe guy. He loves the taste of cock and balls. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Isn't that what made him quit Tumblr and somebody was like, oh, dick is one of my favorite tastes on one of his 
<laughs> what? Oh my god. I I can't believe you have you don't know about this, but he quit Tumblr like years ago because somebody because people was not, kept like that was not taking, up to date on Hank so he Tumblr making, drama. He kept making like corny posts this is, like years ago, and I think he takes it in good humor now. But uh-huh. like it became like a running joke on the entire website to just edit it to be like, you know, to like to make it sound like he was posting about how he loves penis. <laughs> Like, oh. number one penis enthusiast in the United States. Um, huh. <laughs> I agree. King of the leaderboard. But, um, yeah, I guess I guess he is cringe. <laughs> not for that, but for all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, not like us. <laughs> we're not cringe. Not like us. We are, we're based for liking penis. <laughs> well, now. All right, let's dang it around for everybody. <laughs> Moral of the story. Paula, thank you for joining us uh, on this podcast. <laughs> this is how we normally end it. Just be sorry to like. We kind of rolled up on you like a pirate ship. <laughs> yeah, we were flying the false colors of like. Here's an Inoki. Here's like an innocuous like space where you can just talk about like this this really cool stage play. And we just flipped the, flipped up the the fucking. Skull and crossboners. Skull and crossboners. <laughs> Yar. Yar. Drop them, drow. <laughs> there are there be only two things that cure scurvy on the seven seas. <laughs> <laughs> My God, I gotta get us out of here. I've been Kyrie. I've been Jennifer. I've been Jackie. It's- Thank you for joining us. Class dismissed. I'm gonna go